0: On OTB and Nation, welcome into episode number 306 of the award nominated, honorably mentioned number nine NCAA ranked, and of course, viewable on YouTube. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so we hit our goal for the month of January. Outside the box podcast, the official lacrosse podcast on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. It's KB and Deej coming at you. We got a fun week of NLL on deck. We'll recap the weekend that was, and we'll get into uh, the PLL hot stove as well. But before we get into all of that, make sure you guys are following us on the socials at OTB OTBLaxPod. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, threads, facebook.com slash Underground Sports undergroundsportsPHI. You can follow Deej on Twitter at SCS underscore next great. You can also follow him on threads. You can follow me at KBIZZL311 on the tweet machine. You can also follow me on threads and Instagram at kbiczle 11 Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts in audio form. The more you subscribe, the more it helps us out. More milestones we're able to reach. And I have noticed us asking you to subscribe on Spotify. Spotify numbers grew a little bit over the past week. So keep subscribing over there. Subscribe on Apple. Let's get the numbers up on audio. We are, Deej, confirmed the number one Spotify subscriber count in the company. Love that. By a large margin. Let's keep that large margin pushing.
1: Large margin is fire.
0: Like, by over 100.
1: So let's keep it pushing. We like loyalty. You smart. You loyal.
0: We appreciate you. So keep subscribing, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts in audio form. Leave a five-star review. And, of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's where you get full video episodes of this show every week, shorts, clips, live streams, every podcast on our network in video form. We are currently at 721 subscribers. I know I, I've had a couple people subscribe this week, Deej, to the channel saying they didn't have a YouTube account. Well, I'm here to inform everybody. You have a YouTube account. It is free. As long as you have a Gmail or some sort of Google account that you use, maybe You're Google Sheets, Google be. Docs, you have a YouTube account. And all you got to do is log in through that email and boom, there's your YouTube and you just hit subscribe. Keep subscribing tell your friends to subscribe. It's that simple. Click the subscribe button. If, if you need any help,
1: DM me. We can FaceTime and I will walk you through it.
0: Yes. We will we will put a subscribe tutorial out as short or something because goddamn, let's get them subscribers going. We need 79 more to hit our January goal of 800.
1: Should we just make it a just basic bit short? How to subscribe to a YouTube channel. Exactly. But we use our channel and then maybe
0: a bunch of people. Yes. You see where I'm going? Playing the game. Don't don't... hate the players. Hate the game. Uh, Yes. We out here. Um, We need 79 more subscribers to hit our January goal. We have about 13 days as of us recording this. So keep on subscribing. Be a friend. Tell a friend. And let's get the subscribers up on the YouTube channel and of course get your merch phiapparel.co it's the number one place to get all your underground sports philadelphia podcast merch including otb get your hoodie your shirt we want to see as many people when we're at champ series in about a month which is crazy to think about that in about a month we'll be kicking it at the saint james we want to see as many people rocking otb merch if you're wearing if you're wearing otb merch at champ series we're going to we're going to do something you got we're, we're gonna figure out something in the next like week or I, I, two. I thought you had to figure it figured out. I'm like, well, we've no, do? no, no. This just popped in my head because I love a good on the fly brainstorm. If you have merch and can prove you're subscribed to the pod, we're gonna I'll hook you up. Like a blue gummy. <laughs> <be good> <laughs> we're gonna hook you up in some sort of way with with something at Champ Series. We'll brainstorm it. But there will be something that we'll do because we're going to be there. But if on you're top. there with OTB merch <laughs> on your body, along with proof of subscribing to the pod, we're going to hook you up.
1: Something plus a bag of gummy blue sharks. So
0: There you go. <laughs> gummy blue sharks sponsor the pod. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh, which one? Because you got to remember, like everybody kind of. We all kind of t- whoever wants to give us the biggest bag.
1: Should we make, <laughs> and a- I'm
0: not talking about the gummy sharks.
1: <laughs> Facts. Can we make. Should we make a gummy blue sharks, uh, uh, like tasting review and just buy like a bunch of different brand ones? And
0: we could do that at Champ Series.
1: See, I like where you're going. Mm.
0: You'll get to be part of the review if you have merch and prove that you're subscribed.
1: But don't tell me you don't eat gummy blue sharks because that's not allowed.
0: But you're still allowed to subscribe and get merch. Absolutely. Um, So, yeah, there it is. If you're going to be at champ series, wearing OTB merch, subscribe to the pod. We're going to hook you up. but get your merch phiapparel.co use code underground for 10 percent off your merch orders it's the most effective and direct way to support everything we're doing here uh and for our company so keep some you know getting your merch keep telling people to buy merch and uh we'll repost it if you tag us on socials everywhere so go get your merch phiapparel.co code underground 10 percent off your order deej as if your football life couldn't get any more successful you're a national champion and then you do the Lord's work and you take down the Dallas Cowboys.
1: Dog. I'm just now I, I'm really happy. Like, and I'm going into this weekend so optimistic when it comes to football. I got I got a one track mind this weekend. I'm going to cheer for my Green Bay Packers. And I'm going to be over the moon ecstatic if they win but a large piece of me believes they're going to lose to the San Francisco 49ers. And if that happens, I'll be like, hey, we had a great season with a quarterback that shouldn't have done everything that he already did. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Give me, you know, whatever whatever we're going to get out of the next few years, I'm all bought in on it because this year was more than enough. I mean, somehow pulling out the seven seed, in the last nine games, he's thrown one interception and some like twenty some TDs. Like the, the dude's on fire. If he's gonna play like this, sign me
0: up. Sign Shout me. Shout out Aaron Jones, Foco, Foco, Team Foco Zone. Had more touchdowns in that game than he had all season. Yeah, I know. Stud. That's Shout not out to every unknown wide receiver on the Packers roster that caught a touchdown. That my boy Musgrave was wide open. Hey, we just got to we're just playing football. At Shout out football to my boy, Bo Melton. Yeah. South Jersey's own.
1: I'm still sick about my boy Rasul. Same. I don't know why we traded him. It made no sense. And I, hey, I'm going to say it right here, right now. If the Bills win, it's because of him. Facts. He got you, know, you know I love Rasul. Got over there and changed the
0: whole, I don't it know was, what happened, but he got there and they started winning. I was in the draft tent when the Eagles drafted him, and I like soul-linked with him. I was like, this is my guy. That's my dog. They did him wrong here. He should have never been. <laughs> that's nice. Yep, that's my guy. It's like the episode of SpongeBob when he lifts up the shirt and it's got like the conjoined heart. <laughs> that's me and Rasul Douglas. He don't know me. He don't know it yet, but that's, oh, how, no. I, that's how I ride for Rasul. Facts. He's a beast. You know I ride for Rasul because when he was on the Eagles, he, like, put his Snapchat out on Twitter, and I just added him on Snapchat.
1: He be posting on there for real? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to need that. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's funny.
0: <laughs> it's funny, but, man. I need that. The only athletes I have on there is him and Le'Veon Bell.
1: I got Isaiah Livers,
0: but, you know, my dog. I got Izzy Onions. Who? Liver and Onions. (laughs) Bad joke. Anyway, (laughs) uh, (laughs) last week was quite the doozy in the nll um <laughs> oh you are let's, re- let's recap week seven <laughs> shall we um <laughs> yeah, it went... yeah. <laughs> it went a little something like this uh toronto edged out Halifax 11 to nine on the road. Las Vegas said Viva and took down San Diego 10 to eight at home. Rochester, unfortunately fell to Buffalo 15, 13, uh, Saskatchewan and Philly got weather postponed. Still Mm -hmm. do not have a new date for that game yet, but it will eventually get rescheduled. Um, so we did not have that game. We had Panther City hanging on to beat New York fourteen to twelve. Albany takes down Georgia twelve to eight. San Diego takes down Colorado twelve to eight, and your Calgary Roughnecks take down the Vancouver Warriors fourteen to seven. If only we flip flopped how we felt about San Diego, <laughs> we would have mm-hmm. been rocking and rolling. You did pick San Diego to win both games, though. Um, so we split on our split games because I did pick Panther City to beat New yep. York. Um, Albany improves, stays undefeated. Toronto stays undefeated. And it was quite a week for the standings, quite a week for close games. Not too many got away except for that 14-7 to calgary win um but i think the big thing that i want i don't know if you saw this graphic or not yet teach uh the nll posted this about an hour ago where are the Firewolves going to be at the end of the year compared to other teams that started undefeated you can probably i would say after this week coming up put toronto in that discussion as well um but right now for albany We'll start with the team that finished with the best record I think ever in the NLL, which was the 2014 Edmonton Rush. Started 14 and 0, finished 16 and 2, and they lost in the semifinals of the playoffs. The 1993 Buffalo Bandits started 8 and 0. They finished 8 and 0, and they won the championship.
1: Who did they put? I've been have to look up like the old school NFL like now I need context like is it old school NFL where there's like right like, half the teams that we see now so like this is a full season like I need context. uh the
0: 1996 Buffalo Bandits went seven and0 to start the season. they finished eight and two and won the championship. The 1990 Philadelphia Wings started six and zero, finished six and two, and won the championship. The 1993 Philadelphia Wings went six and zero, finished seven and one, and lost the championship. I think that's Buffalo. the one they lost to the Buffalo. Tournament. They lost to Buffalo. Ah, uh, okay. Um, the 2008 Minnesota Swarm started six and zero. Finished ten and six, lost in the quarterfinals. Two thousand eight Philadelphia Wings started six and zero, finished ten and six, and lost in the quarterfinals. The twenty ten Washington Stealth started six and zero, finished eleven and five, won the championship. I believe that was the Brett Manny Paul Rabel Washington Stealth, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the 2012 Colorado Mammoth started six and zero, finished eleven and five, lost in the quarterfinals. The 2020 Halifax Thunderbirds started six and zero, finished eight and four, and lost to COVID. <laughs> <laughs> COVID shortened season. Uh, then your 2022 Buffalo Bandits started 6 and 0, finished 14 and 4, lost the championship. And then the 2023 Rochester Nighthawks started 6 and 0, finished 10 and 8 and lost in the quarterfinals. Albany now 6 and 0. There's a lot of evidence of 6 and 0 starts where championships were won, lost quarterfinals losing hopefully another global pandemic does not come from this albany 6 and 0 start um but we where see. where do you think albany could end up with how they're playing right now sitting at 6 and 0 the the energy that they're playing with the youth on this team and just the all around vibes of the firewolves i'm not going to say too much
1: i Really believe in like announcers curse and stuff. I, it just happens in front of my own eyes out of things I say out of my mouth too often. Like I'm that guy who's well, like, luckily oh,
0: we're not fuck. on a broadcast per it se. It,
1: it don't matter." I'm that guy where it's like, "Oh, she hasn't missed a free throw all game, and this <laughs> misses the first <laughs> every single time." Like, but it, I love the way they're playing. They're, I mean, they're playing like you want every team to play. And I'll say this. I don't see too many teams beating them in a single game. I don't see too many teams beating them in a series of games if they're playing like this on a consistent basis.
0: There, It would be a historic and horrific collapse if it happened, but I think we're almost as close to safe as saying that Albany is a playoff team. They are. Like they They are, are, they're a bona fide playoff team. They're going to finish in the top. Might
1: have to play, which I'm going to take a look at their schedule as I'm pulling that up, is Toronto,
0: which isn't until later in the year, right?
1: If they play them at all,
0: they do. I know that for a fact because I saw, I I uh, thought they did. I saw Teddy Jenner tweeting about it. Yes, April 6th. Could you imagine if both teams are undefeated still on April 6th? That'd be Um, crazy.
1: You know what I'm going to do, right?
0: We're going to look at their schedules and see who who they play and if they Uh, remain undefeated. Sure, you take a look at Toronto. I've already got Albany up. All right, I'll pull Toronto's schedule. Obviously,
1: Obviously, Albany's got a tough one with San Diego, but then they're moving into Vegas, Colorado, which. Both of them are playing very interesting lacrosse right now.
0: But beatable.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. And then Buffalo, another tough game for them. If they get through Buffalo, they're Which playing. they
0: proven they can beat this year already. Right. They're is playing... that game home or on the road?
1: That is on the road. Okay. So that'll be tough. Uh, then they have Riptide at home, Vancouver at home, and then their next tough game is Rochester on March 9th. And then they back-to-back Rochester. They're on the road first, and then they're at home the following week against Rochester. And then, ooh, depending on how the Roughnecks look up until that point, that could be a tough game on the 22nd, which is two weeks before they play the Rock because they have a bye week in between.
0: So who are the teams they fully play before
1: uh, San Diego, Las Vegas, Colorado, Buffalo, New York, Vancouver, and Rochester twice, and then Calgary.
0: So nine games before Toronto. It would be crazy if they started fifteen and zero. <laughs> oh my god. Um, this is Toronto's schedule. So this weekend they're home against Georgia. Next weekend, they're home against Buffalo. Then, February 3rd, they're at Calgary. February 10th, they're home against Calgary. February 16th, they're in Quebec for the Quebec series against uh, New York. So, like, neutral site game. Mm-hmm. But. Very Canadian nonetheless. Uh then they're home against Vancouver at Las Vegas at San Diego, home against Colorado, at Buffalo, home against Halifax, and then at Albany. I think Toronto's got the tougher schedule. They gotta play Buffalo twice. They're gonna play San Diego. They got to play Calgary twice. Got to play Georgia this weekend. Halifax, and that's always a back and forth matchup. But it would be wild. It would be wild if both teams are undefeated going into that game. Okay. I think both teams are locks to make the playoffs, though. Those are two of the playoff teams we'll have this year. (laughs)
1: oh yeah Um, what is that game I was looking at
0: and I mean if the season started today or the postseason started today your playoffs would be Albany, Toronto, Georgia Buffalo, San Diego, Rochester Calgary, Philadelphia
1: dude I'm scared I'm looking at the Roughnecks, bro. These next two would be huge, which I think we're going to win. Puts us at four and two. But then we're back-to-back against Toronto, then Halifax, then back-to-back against the Wings, and then Georgia, and then the Seals, and then Albany. It's
0: tough and then
1: we get a break with back-to-back against Saskatchewan. But then we go play Buffalo and then end the year against uh Panther City.
0: Yeah, I think we can firmly say, at least by the way they're playing right now, that teams that look like playoff teams through seven weeks, Albany, Toronto, Georgia, Rochester, even though they're 3-2, and they look like a playoff team. They can score and go back and forth with almost any team in the league. And I think that's important if you're gonna be in the playoffs. Those four feel like they'll be in the playoffs. Buffalo, I still think they have a lot to figure out offensively because they don't look like the the Barn Burner type of Buffalo bandits we've seen in the past. Yet at least. Um San Diego. Again, they have some things to figure out offensively. They're too talented to only be scoring 12 goals a game, in my opinion. And then Calgary's only played four games. So a smaller sample size there than most teams. Um, And then the Wings have to 100% bounce back. And it doesn't get easy for them for their next game. And they haven't played in what will be two weeks before their next game because they had the the snowstorm uh, postpone their game against Saskatchewan. So there's a lot to still go, and that's what makes a season in a league like this so fun. I mean, if the playoffs started today, too, the teams that would miss the playoffs, Vegas, Halifax, Panther City, Saskatchewan, Colorado, New York, Vancouver. And I think if you told us, At the end of the year, if Halifax missed the playoffs, we'd be stunned. Yeah. With just the overall talent and expectation that they have. Dude, I'm that'd be wild.
1: This year is what I like about lacrosse so much. It's the the parody is unreal. Like a lot of the teams last year were like fringe teams a couple years ago when just are kind of like getting their footing and getting back to being good. Or they were Albany who was like bottom of the literal barrel. And now they're the best team in the league. Like just knowing that a summer, you know, can change the entire landscape of the game is what people miss about football, basketball, baseball. The same teams are winning in those sports every year, every couple of years. It's just a rotation, and people are tired of that. You don't get that in lacrosse. Sure, we've seen the same champions, but we've also seen those champions go down because they could lose at any moment. They're not blowing everybody out. It's not. They're not running far away with it. They're having to pull these games out by the skin of their teeth because there's quality competition week in and week out. So it's hard to like be like, oh, my God, this is happening but it's hard not to say, oh, my God, this is happening because both of those statements are correct.
0: Yeah, it's been super fun. The parody in the league is next level from even what it was last year. I think the unified standings are helping with that. And I think you and I both at first were kind of skeptical because it kind of eliminated rivalries to a degree with who you were going to be playing, who you got the double matchups against. Um, you know, like, it sucks this year. I was in the press box at the, the Wings Riptide game and we were looking at the schedule. And it's like, damn, like, Toronto doesn't come to Philly this year. Like, that's always, like, one of those, like, classic Eastern Conference rivalries that you get a home-and-home home with typically. That doesn't happen this year. So we were always kind of skeptical, but, like, I think it's helped the parity in the league tenfold. Um, You're seeing any given team go out and win any given night more so than we have in the past and oddly enough we're seeing a lot of early season trades because as soon as we finished recording last week we had a trade pop through with a guy we were talking about who's an absolute dog um the bandits traded brad mcculley and a third round pick in the 2026 entry draft to the vancouver warriors in exchange for their second round pick in the 2024 entry draft and their second-round pick in the 2026 entry draft. And in a corresponding move, the Bandits placed Justin Robinson on their active roster from injured reserve. So a guy who, in their previous game, was their <laughs> belt-wearer player of the game, then gets traded to his hometown team. Um, Deed, your your thoughts on this and, I think, what it more so means for Vancouver getting a guy like brad mcculley because i saw on twitter a bunch of the bandits guys who follow us and everything just talking about how much of a glue guy brad mcculley is and how much of a great teammate he is so i know they're bummed about losing somebody like that in the locker room but for vancouver and kurt to get a guy like this to play for his hometown team which is a very vancouver thing to do i think it's a phenomenal move for just the culture that they're trying to instill to bring in a guy like Brad McCauley.
1: I think I think it's a setup for a few years, like two, the next two or three years. It's more of like this is a guy who knows what it's like to be in Vancouver, will be able to connect with fans, be able to connect with the new guys, and be like, look, this is a community that loves lacrosse, It's hardworking, so they just want to see the same thing out of us. That's what we're going to go out here and do. We're going to enjoy the game so they can enjoy it as well. And he's kind of just – and he has that built-in motivation of being back in front of his family and friends that have known him and seen him play for forever. It's one of those moves where it's like, how how much longer does Brad McCully have? Sure, he's like on the younger end, but we know – I say, but we know kind of how things go with lacrosse. Like sometimes – Careers get cut short because life happens and you have to make more legitimate money. I think for
0: him, I think this helps extend a little bit because now he's home and he's not going back and forth to Buffalo all the time. Not that I don't know if he lived in Buffalo um, or like had a place there or whatever it may be. But I mean, Vancouver adding a forward who in 15 games last year for an absolutely loaded Buffalo bandits team that won a championship had 31 points. And average like two points per game on a team that deep imagine what he's going to be able to do on a roster that's not as deep offensively and you're putting him in the mix with an Adam Charlambees, with Kevin Crowley like with Keegan Ball I think this is a a big time vibes and like glue guy type of move but I also think this is an opportunity for Brad McCully to like showcase what he's capable of not being in the shadows of the superstars that buffalo has and obviously you're gonna get limited play time behind those guys but i mean he made the best of the opportunities last season played in five games uh in 2022 had three points so he's got 34 career points and i mean last year was his first full season um and he also played in six playoff games six points averaging a point a game in the playoffs on a team like that is also just as impressive if not more impressive in my opinion so i i love this move for vancouver and i mean the draft pick swap and everything happens it's so weird to gauge nll draft picks right now and like where it'll end up being um but I think getting a player of Brad McCulley's talent and stature and just vibes is a genius move for Vancouver.
1: And they need like a third guy. That's kind of what I've been noticing on the offense is they need someone else. And he has like, and I think playing with Buffalo, you get a very good understanding of when to go, when to when to wait.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because like they have a very explosive offense. No matter how you play it, you can slow it down and kill a team in, in, in the half-court set and and really work for the shot you want, or you can have something in transition and go with it. But it's all about the flow of the game. How how much defense are you playing? What are your looks been looking like throughout the game? He can kind of bring that to Vancouver because from what I've been noticed when I watch them play is it seems like they don't always know when to go, like what to do. Sometimes it's like they should have slowed down, but they go. And other times they should go, but then they slow down. It's like what what kind of rhythm does this team have? And right now they're just—it seems like they're just shoving the the defense out way too much, which is resulting in the scores they're getting. Like that's what it was against Calgary. I watched the entire game, and they were just going so fast on offense, just going, going, going. So then it's like the you know as soon as they make the save, they're going the other way. You got to rush your defense back out, or you're turning it over, and your defense has to get back out. They're just playing too much defense, and I think. Having someone like Brad McCauley there to slow it down at certain moments or push a certain look can help them find a better flow on offense, which can then have them play less defense. And maybe we start to see some more favorable scores or at least closer scores if Vancouver isn't going to win.
0: And I think it's a move for the future as well because Brad McCauley's 27. And Beatties is, I think, 27 as well, 28? If? 27 turns twenty eight in February. Um, then you have Kyle Killen, who's mid twenties as well, on that roster, and Ryan Martell is twenty five. Killen's twenty seven. So you, you have a, a core four there of guys in that same age range along with who's your that two. 25? Uh Ryan Martell.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Okay. Um you add him into the mix. and so now you have four guys in the age range of twenty five to twenty seven. That's a good core right there, along with keegan ball who pulling up his roster page here keegan's 32 so he's kind of like the veteran that's still kind of in his prime then you have kevin crowley who's 35 still playing at a high level but how many more years is is big cat going to play riley lowen's 34 still playing at a very high level how much longer is he going to play so you have like three guys in their their early to mid 30s you add a guy like brad mccully in there who's capable of scoring Thirty points a game in that Buffalo offense. What can he do with an expanded opportunity now? I think this is a huge move to kind of prepare for the inevitable retirements down the line of Kevin Crowley, Riley Lowen, and then you know, a few years down the line as well with Keegan Ball because he's a a younger thirty-two in terms of NLL experience. You know, he's been in the league since twenty sixteen, but really didn't get going until twenty nineteen in terms of full-time playing because from 2016 to 2017 he played in a combined 11 games so his career's really only taken off since 2019 so he's a he's a young on the knees and legs 32 is keegan ball um but i i think it's a genius move by kurt and i i love the move there i think it's gonna suck for buffalo to lose a guy like that in the locker room um but they have their own issues that they have to work out. And that means scoring 15 goals a game and not 12. And I think a lot of that, Deej, is uh, they missed Max Adler. He's not mm. playing this season. They're not getting the possessions. And I was talking to Adam Levy because he was at the Wings-Riptide game. We were talking about how valuable the faceoff position has become in the NLL. Because you look at the teams who have a designated faceoff guy who also can either go out and score or drop back and play some defense after the faceoff happens. Look at the teams that those the big dogs are on. Albany 6 and 0 with Joe Nardella. San Diego 3 and 2 with Trevor, but you know they're going to find their stride with the offensive talent they have. Um Toronto 4 and 0 with TD. Georgia 4 and 2 with Jeremy Thompson. Certified NLL faceoff guy, um, and Halifax with Jake Withers, where Halifax is a an overtime game away from being over five hundred as opposed to under five hundred. But Jake Withers is having almost an MVP type of season at the stripe. And then you see the Wings go out and sign Nick Roulette. Teams are valuing the faceoff position, I think, a lot more. Than traditional NLL fans are ready to admit.
1: I got lost in the Calgary win this weekend. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie to you. Like I, I was I watched almost every game of Week Seven, which honestly I I want to apologize to the people. I got a life. And somehow I have not been able – I've just been too busy on weekends to have the time to sit down and watch every game that was on. I was able to do that last weekend. I wasn't even able to do that when we only had four games. I don't know how I figured it out last weekend, but I did. And it felt so great to just sit and watch lacrosse for hours on end. But then, obviously, Saturday night comes, and I watch – I I mean – I watched the the Panther City game. I watched the Buffalo game, Albany, San Diego. Calgary comes on. They get the screen all to themselves, for the first part, first off. I, everybody else was multicasting and stuff. Be gone. Calgary gets the full screen, and then they just start scoring goals. Boom, 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 boom. And then, like, the game was over, and it was 14-7, to 7, and I forgot everybody else played. And I was just like, Calgary's back. We're treading in the right direction. That had
0: nothing to do with what I just brought to the table at all to you. No.
1: (laughs) That was stuck in my head. (laughs) Give me, like, the main synopsis.
0: NLL teams are starting to value the faceoff position more than traditional NLL fans are willing to admit. Okay, that's what I thought you just said. Yes. Yes. Because you look Uh, at the teams that are successful right now offensively.
1: I brought brought this up last week.
0: Yeah, but I think it's even more so now. Like, you you think it's changed that much in a week? But you. Oh, so now because you said it, it's, like, really like that. No, because we talked about this last week, and I just remembered that I was talking about it with Adam Levy too, and he said the same thing, like, possessions for these teams that have, like, high-octane offenses, and we listed those teams that have them, the Torontos, Georgia, Albany, uh, Halifax, San Diego. Like, when you're getting even Rochester. oh, Oh, that's why
1: I got lost in the Calgary thing. Because if you're not going to have a good face-off guy like Calgary does, then you have to push transition and make those yeah. opportunities count, which is what they did this weekend against Vancouver, which is why the lead was the way it was. But it seems like the teams who don't have a face-off guy also don't have transition. Mm-hmm. Or what are you doing?
0: Which is why I think the Wings went out last week and signed Nick Rowlett. And before the game got postponed, he was at practice, so he was ready to play against Saskatchewan, which had my – my juice is flowing. I was like, let's go. Nikki Roulette's about to be on the floor for the boys. Um, but, I mean, you look at Colorado, a team that has offensive firepower, nobody there to help push the ball to Joey Capito in transition and nobody to win face-offs. You look at New York right now, Jay Thornbear is very good at taking face-offs, but they are also not having anybody behind him push that transition at a consistent level. Um, Saskatchewan, they're always dead in the water for whatever reason, whenever I watch them off the face off Vancouver, same thing. Las Vegas, same thing. Um, Panther city to a degree, but like they make up for it in a way because we talk about all the time, the way that they are just fast plays a part in them being able to recover from that. But all the other teams that have, a face off guy, whether it is a traditional plays both box and field or somebody like Jeremy Thompson for Georgia, who is just bona fide, or like Jay Thornbert for New York, bona fide NLL face-off guy. They're like dead in the water. And I think Buffalo right now is lucky to be three and two without a face off guy. And I think Ian McKay will be the first person to tell you, I'm not a face off guy. <laughs> you know, he's he's doing it out of the necessity that Buffalo has because max adler is taking the year off but that i think buffalo's offense is truly missing the guy setting the tone at the stripe and that's why we're seeing them score 12 goals a game and skating by in some of them to win
1: so face off guys out there you heard it You're first you matter no i was gonna say go hit up buffalo
0: that too <laughs> It might be a spot there for you, or maybe some of these other teams. There might be a spot there for you. Because even look at Rochester. Joe Post is playing for Rochester, and look at Rochester's offensive numbers so far this year. Sure, oh. they're three and two, but every game is at least thirteen or more goals. And they've and the two teams they've lost to are good teams. Yes, teams that
1: you would ex- possibly expect them to lose to. So it's not like they're out here blowing games, you know. And And we're talking
0: about Buffalo like this after they scored 15 goals against Rochester. So that's a step in the right direction for them. Right. But you need to see it on a consistent basis. And I think, you know, we've seen the teams so far through seven weeks that have a designated guy leading the charge of their, of their transition game at the stripe has paid dividends for those teams. You have two teams who have a designated guy and they're undefeated. Yep. George is four and two and look unbelievable. We'll see what happens when Nick Rowlett's out there deployed for the wings and how much that adjusts their transition game. Because to this point so far this year, it's been non existent. You said it, not me. I mean, I've seen it with my own two eyes. Like, I appreciate the efforts from an Isaiah Davis Allen taking faceoffs, but he's only going to be able to get so much done. Mm-hmm. and not win you possessions off the face-off. So I'm excited to have a true face-off athlete at the stripe for the wings. Um, anything else from week seven stand out to you before we move into a, a smaller slate that is week eight, Bars? What about eight and Bars? Uh, I said Anything else from week seven stand out to you before we move to a smaller slate that is week eight? Oh, that was
1: decent. (laughs) Um, Albany is, in fact, a wagon, but I think we said that already. Yeah. I really can't believe New York blew it to Panther City. Watching that game, New York had it and Mm
0: -hmm. just, just couldn't. And Vegas getting a win over San Diego was... And Vegas boys were clapping back at people on Twitter too <laughs> saying that it was like an unprecedented unpredictable win and every and all the players I saw close tweeting everyone was like we expected it I was like okay boys I see you I like where they're going shout that. out to the confidence in our league past team of the year
1: bad <laughs> no um, it, it was me getting lost in Calgary being bad
0: he got lost in the teal sauce, even though they were on the road. Oh, no, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Let's shift to week eight. Uh, on deck this weekend, Friday, one game. It's New York at Buffalo at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Then Saturday, we got four games. Georgia at Toronto at 7 p.m. San Diego at Albany, also at 7 p.m., Vancouver at Saskatchewan starting at 8 p.m. And then Calgary at Colorado is your nightcap at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Um, Saskatchewan's rocking their throwbacks, which is going to be amazing on that neon green turf. New York and Buffalo historically score crazy amounts of goals whenever they play each other. So everything we just said about transition for both of those teams, just ignore it until the game starts and we see what the the energy is in that one because for whatever reason the scores of those games always end up being like 18 16 um but i mean seven o'clock get that dual screen up and ready to rock and roll because georgia toronto and san diego albany is going to be popcorn type games
1: uh this week for me Obviously, I'm, I'm watching my Roughnecks against Colorado, hoping to pick up another win. Getting on a four-game win streak, heading into a tougher game against Toronto would be amazing. That starts, once again, this week, trying to get – it seems like they've adopted the 1-0 idea every every week. We're not this record. We're 0-0 every week, and we're looking to be 1-0 and every week. And I like that. So let's, let's look to be 1-0 again this week, which will be the third time in a row. Do it again next week, fourth time in a row. That's where this seems to be trending. I'm all here for it. Um, but also, obviously, Albany going against San Diego. They are hosting, so that's a good thing for Albany. But, like, are they for real? I, I know I shouldn't say that, considering they're 6-0 and they've continuously shown they're for real. But every time they play a big team, until they lose the, – the question is, can they keep doing it? And and that's...
0: We also yeah. get the Our face-off team. matchup of the year, Nards versus Trevor.
1: Yeah. I Yeah. I don't know why that keeps slipping my mind, but I guess uh, Toronto-Georgia is the only other thing I'm actually like super interested in this week, besides the throwback unis for Saskatchewan. I obviously will be watching for that. 7 I'm-
0: o'clock is like, go order a pizza, be on your Greg Orenlian type shit, and saddle up for two games at the same time split that screen in half Mm -hmm. get all the snacks all the drinks whatever Uh, it may be i
1: don't don't do split screen anymore i do uh pip because normally they end up getting mismatched so one's on while the other's on commercial so the commercial goes in the picture picture in picture
0: do whatever you gotta do. Even if you gotta break up the laptop and the TV, have dual monitor set up. Cause Georgia it's Toronto, San Diego, Albany going on at the same time is worse. That, get that popcorn. That. Get that popcorn. Get the snacks, get the drinks, invite the homies over. Don't be popping. Get your bets in responsibly.
1: And you're gonna have to keep that 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 you gotta have to keep the dual screen going all Saturday night. Cause you gotta duel it right away with Georgia Toronto, San Diego, Albany. But then you're gonna to have to have a third screen come up in the middle of that game for Vancouver Saskatchewan. Just but then
0: throwbacks on that turf alone.
1: When Georgia when Georgia, Toronto, and San Diego, Albany and Calgary, Colorado are gonna be starting up. So you just you just gotta keep it rolling the whole night. That's what it's there for.
0: It's gonna be one hell of a weekend. Um I'm also looking forward to Jeremy Thompson versus T D because it's a
1: Oh, I ain't worried about the face-off. I'm, you know what I'm trying to see.
0: <laughs> well, I'm just looking forward to watching that because it's a...
1: I mean, yeah, it's going to be fun, but... It's a it, traditional
0: it, versus non-traditional face-off, and I want to see how both guys handle it, it in it, that environment. This is about LT.
1: that That'll be fun, but this is about LT.
0: I'm talking about what I'm looking forward to. Sure. sure. I Like I said, that'll be fun, but this is about Go LT. get your hard hat on. You're lost in your Calgary sauce.
1: That's fine, but you don't think I'm <laughs> going to watch LT this week? Come on.
0: I don't I don't Did you see him last week? I watched every game last week. I was dialed. Did you you see LT was different? He's always different. He was always. born different.
1: It's always about LT.
0: He's on his Maybelline type shit. In fact.
1: Always Maybelline. <laughs> it's always LT.
0: Maybe no, that he's game, born with it. Maybe it's Lyle fun. Thompson.
1: <laughs> like, if anybody was to beat Toronto before Albany, it's probably Georgia. <laughs> <Long>. <laughs> Cause like they they just been on that this year. Beating teams you don't that they don't normally beat.
0: I my e- thing looking at that uh, game though, Georgia this year, they've scored sixty seven goals, have given up sixty three. Mhm. Toronto has played two less games. So mm-hmm. take that into account, but they've scored 49, given up 34.
1: I mean, it's not fair to put Dobson up against Rosie. But that's like that's the difference here. We got Dobson who's like a second-year starter against
0: I think it's getting to the point where Nick it's Rowe. fair.
1: Almost. But Nick Rose got years in this thing. For
0: sure. He, but he, also, he, like right. Brett Dobson has shown that, like, hey, I'm here. I'm ready to make my mark. Well, He's yeah, at, but at the I'm end not, of last year, are you now
1: Brett Dobson top five in the NLL right now.
0: Probably not.
1: Yeah, it took you too long. To but ask it's close. Me.
0: When you think about it, I mean, yeah, but but Nick Rose is a no thought. Christian top Del
1: Bianco, five. Nick Rose, Nick Rose was a no thought top five. For Matt sure. Vince,
0: Matt Vince.
1: I'm probably putting Chris o- uh, Oligriari in in there.
0: Uh, he's he's in the Dobson category for me. He's still a young gun. That's like, I mean, he
1: is still a young gun, but he's like playing at a better clip than Dobson is. Dobson just got pulled. And he's been sketchy the last couple of weeks. Not that I don't believe in him, but, like...
0: I think no bias just for the way he's played. Like, Zach Higgins is top five right now. Yeah. The way he's playing out of his mind is crazy. Higgy.
1: Well, actually, okay, I'd take Olegriere out. i put Higgy in there. That gives us three already. Um, And Dougie Jameson. And Warren Hill. And Frank Skiggs is still up in Saskatchewan.
0: I think Dauber's been playing better than...
1: Skiggs. I could give that.
0: And to a degree, Warren Hill. Not that no. Warren Hill's been bad. No, you're you're
1: bugging. You're right bugging. now? Yeah, you bugging. I'm taking Warren Hill over Dobber. But in a right field,
0: field, field game, I'm taking Dobber. For sure. No Warren Hill is... Right, I'm game. talking seven weeks of NLL. It's way closer I'm than I think a lot Hill. of people think.
1: I'm taking Warren Hill. No question
0: there. I'm taking Lauren Hill. How about that?
1: That's fine. Lauren Hill bad. <laughs> I'll take Lauren Hill too. What'd nope,
0: I already got her. She's on <laughs> my <last> squad. <laughs> you snooze, you lose. Let me know how she is between the pipes. Pause. 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 Oh man! Oh, I like the quicks. <laughs> Please but me. anywho, <laughs> let's head over to the pick pond. Feed some ducks. It is the NLL week eight picks of the week brought to you by Kenwood Beer, the official beer partner of Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's our beer money picks. You can follow along with DJ and I all season long. Post the graphics every single week. I know last week was a little late, but it worked out because. We would have had Philly and Saskatchewan on there, and they didn't end up playing, so that was nice. But you can follow along with our picks. We post them on our socials, and you can check out Kenwood Beer, uh, the official light beer of Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's only 4.1% ABV, 120 calories, only 8 grams of carbs. And you can go to KenwoodBeer.com and use the Kenny Finder. So you've got Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Maryland, and new jersey areas you can also get it at your local liquor stores in those markets and check out the kenny storefront on their website they've got awesome pint glasses kenny apparel and they got those kenny gift boxes that are perfect for any time of year must be 21 or older to do so and of course please drink responsibly deej we start in buffalo Banditland hosting your New York Riptide at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Friday. The lone game. The spotlight game. Friday night lacrosse. Who you got winning this one?
1: Uh, it's tough for the Riptide right now. They're trying to find their groove. They did play a much better game last week than what we saw um, in, in the previous weeks. But they're on the road. Banded Land has been loud all year, even when they've lost. And... Had Buffalo struggled last week and had a tough game again, I think this would be a little bit of a closer pick and a little bit harder to say because they're kind of would be in the same situation. Even though Buffalo would have been uh, two and three rather than three and two, so they would still have a you know a game up on New York, but they would be in a more similar situation where they're still trying to find their footing, figure out what worked for them offensively, and, and figure out their game plan. It seems like they've started to do that. So they're gonna just going to be looking to perfect that, whereas New York is still trying to find that.
0: That has been leaning toward Buffalo. Uh, I'm going Buffalo as well, simply off vibes that Duff's Hot Sauce, not a sponsor, Duff's Buffalo Sauce, that was sent to us by our boy Chris uh, commented on our unboxing video. Duff's we would love to work with you Let's make something happen we have a Huge contingency of fans in Buffalo That have been dying for Us to get to Buffalo at some point Duff's let's Work together let's let's make Some sort of segment with Duff's Buffalo saw we're down to Clown we are open for business Let's make it happen I'm going Buffalo based Off Duff's vibes not on Purpose
1: accidentally Repping bandits Travel team I I coach is is bandits so rocking them today but you see it's basically the the same logo so. um don't sue us um, <laughs> <laughs> um but also not as sponsor Cheetos you see what the bags say Buffalo fire um so I kind of feel like you know Buffalo bandits I kind of have to pick Buffalo so there you it's have a, it
0: it's a vibes pick it's a vibes pick. We move to 7 p.m. Eastern time up in Toronto, Ontario, wherever the hell they're playing now. I think <laughs> I feel like it changes every year at this point. I think they are playing in Hamilton. Uh the Toronto Rock hosting the Georgia Swarm. This game is tough just because like you were men- you've mentioned this all season pretty much so far and, and just in general these two teams have played very well but Georgia feels like they play up to their competition or down to their competition I still feel like Toronto is playing really good lacrosse but they almost got humbled last week against Halifax which was interesting um, but I'm going to give the edge to the home team and that Toronto home crowd has been showing out All season long, getting close to 10,000 people in attendance every game. I'm going to rock with the Rock.
1: There's only one team that has a better score differential than the Toronto Rock.
0: It's Albany. And it's
1: Albany. They've got plus 18. Toronto's plus 15. I'm not trusting anybody to beat an unbeaten team until they do it. Give me Toronto. It's, fair.
0: it's a fair point. Um, speaking of undefeated teams, San Diego heads to Albany to take on the Firewolves. A little Wada and Fire matchup here. Um, I think like you until we see it happen i can't pick against them they're playing at a ridiculous clip they're playing like fun to enjoy and watch lacrosse it's not last year's death by a thousand paper cuts lacrosse i gotta go albany to get the dub joe nardella versus trevor baptiste get your popcorn ready a wrigley versus dougie jameson is gonna be awesome between the pipes and then those two offenses, you know, you got an all-star team with San Diego, and you got the next wave of all-stars with Albany. But I'm going with the Firewolves until further notice. Um,
1: This is hardest game of the week to pick. No question about it. Um, But I, I, I can't. Go back on words I literally just said, not even five minutes ago. I have to go Albany because they're undefeated, and that home field advantage right now for Albany is some of the best, um, simply because they're winning. And I think the Albany faithful felt so depleted of good lacrosse because, like, you Albany wasn't great last year either. So you Albany, who you're used to making. You know, the, the NCAA tournament and, and having a run here and there and being good isn't as good as you're used to. Now, your NLL team has one of the worst seasons that they've ever had in their franchise history, not only just as Albany, but in uh, teams in the prior. That hurts. Now that they're back and they're alive and they're playing and they look like the best team in the league. And as of right now, they are the best team in the league. People are turning out in droves, they're being loud, they're being active. And it plays a factor.
0: Give me Albany at home. Which takes us to 8 p.m. Eastern time on throwback night in Saskatoon. The Rush hosting Vancouver. Deej, how do you see uh, this Battle of Canada shaking out?
1: Good old turn cup action. I wish that would come back. Um. Or something like it. Maybe we should do something. I don't know.
0: Uh, we'll figure that out one day.
1: Um, I, I really can't. I, I can't. I can't trust Vancouver. Their offense, even with Brad McCully coming over, I, I got to see how he gels in first. And their offense is just, just not. It's just too stagnant right now and not giving enough. Um, And Saskatchewan is kind of just begging for another win they're at home in front of their crowd which has turned out well this year and they're wearing those throwback unis which look fantastic look good feel good play good right
0: i have to look at this game a little more analytically not that i'm an analytics guy at all in the slightest i'm a big vibes and eye test guy and i test with a throwback uni tells me Saskatchewan. But also what tells me Saskatchewan is they're stopping opponents from scoring just a little bit more than Vancouver is. Vancouver has a negative goal differential. Saskatchewan has a positive goal differential, which by the order of operations, positive, greater than sign, negative. Give me Saskatchewan to get the dub. Final game of the weekend, 9 p.m. Eastern time at the loud house it's calgary it's colorado how we feeling deej how we feeling how we feeling
1: come on i just told you earlier in this episode my roughneck's back like you said get the hard hat we going they're finding their vibe they're pushing transition the way they need to, knowing that they're not going to get possession, so they have to make them count. And and this offense is alive. Aiden Dixon going, Jesse King looking like himself, Zach Courier doing Zach Courier things. Tyler Pace is Tyler Pace. Like I I can go down the line, but I don't think I need to do that. I think you guys get it. Josh Courier is also on this team. Tanner Cook. Oh. Dog, How many? He had five last weekend. I don't even think he was really trying. The boys are alive and well. I wish this one was on the teal floor, but I don't mind going into the loud house and making some ruckus. Give me my boys.
0: I am looking here because I just want to make sure I'm correct in saying this. I gotta be. Yeah. Uh, Just based off of this number alone, I gotta go with Calgary. Colorado's got the worst goal differential in the league. They have a minus 20 goal differential. Nice. Not great, Bob. Not great. Give me Calgary. And it's,
1: that is unexpected. That's probably the most unexpected thing of the of the season so far, easily. You would never expect a Dylan Ward goalied team, defended team. However, you want to put that to be in this scenario where they have the worst goal differential, just doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah, so give me Calgary. We've got all the same picks this week. It's Buffalo, it's Toronto, it's Albany, it's Saskatchewan, and it's Calgary. If you decide to parlay those picks, let us know, Uh, and hopefully we win you some beer money cash. Obviously, gamble responsibly and drink responsibly with Kenwood Beer. Those are our Beer Money Picks of the Week brought to you by Kenwood Beer. Let's move to the field game, Deej, the PLL Hot Stove. It's brought to you by Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game. From sunglasses to blue light glasses to those ski goggles to prescription lenses, Tomahawk Shades has you covered for a fraction of the price of the big eyewear companies, but even better quality. They have the new Tomahawk Shades app as well. You guys know, I mean, I got my Tomahawk Shades right down here. In the studio, ready to rock and roll, fantastic vibes. Just protecting the eyes in all facets. You guys can do the same with the blue light glasses. I'm wearing them all the time when I'm editing, when I'm watching the NLL, the PLL, uh, when I'm at home watching it on TV. I'm wearing the sunglasses when we're out on the road. Deej is wearing them on the sidelines when he's coaching, and obviously, we subscribe to the notion that you need sunglasses more so in the winter time than you do in the summertime. Go to TomahawkShades.com or download the Tomahawk Shades app in the App Store or Google Play Store when you go to check out, when your cart's all filled up, ready to go. Use code USP for 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com or in the TomahawkShades app. That's code USP for 25% off at TomahawkShades.com or in the TomahawkShades app. Deej, we have a new assistant coach hiring in the PLL for The Denver Outlaws, formerly Chrome Lacrosse Club, as Matt Kerwick is gone. And Jeremy Boltis is in. Former member of the Outlaws, former member of the Rochester Rattlers. Also played for Hamilton and the Charlotte Hounds. Um, He was an MLL All Star Game MVP in 2015. He was an All American at Army in 2011. And he ranks third all-time in program history with 214 points. His quote here uh, via the PLL website, I cannot be more excited and thankful for the opportunity to reunite with Coach Sudan, Coach Monty, and the Denver Outlaws. We look forward to building on the winning tradition of this great organization. The winning tradition included winning Major League Lacrosse championships in 2014, 2016, and 2018 and 10 total championship appearances. Baltus joins the team after a, what the PLL website says, a tumultuous 1-9 in nine season where the offense ranked last in the league in scoring. His primary role is to run the box and help with scouting opponents, but his experience and mind for the offensive end can only help the team improve on their 2023 outing. Deej, your thoughts on the newest offensive coordinator, assistant coach for the Denver Outlaws? Um, One,
1: he's played with some of the greatest players and names in the game. That's like one of the big points when you're bringing in someone is you want experience at the highest level because you're working with the highest level. These guys, the the guys you're working with in PLL are some of the smartest lacrosse players the world has ever seen. They've watched tons of lacrosse. They've lived it. They've breathed it. They've studied. They know what's happening. So you have to be able to better that and enhance that and and help them advance the way they think about the game. So if you don't already have experience at the highest level, it's kind of hard to do that. But also the part I probably like the most about this whole thing is he was a Denver outlaw. So he, he, that's the big thing about a lot of these teams, like coming back is you have opportunity to reach out to guys who care about that name and in that organization, Boston getting guys who played in Boston or, or were a coach for Boston already, they're going to come in with a different kind of passion and strength and feeling about that team and that organization because of what it was before and the success and things they had in the previous MLL. He's bringing that same thing here with, with Denver, What a championship with Denver, so he knows what it takes for this specific type of franchise to get where they're trying to go. And maybe he has a chance to come in and help them rebuild some of that old Denver Outlaws kind of way and, and transform it into a new way that they can take into a PLL championship. But th- those are the main things I like, is that he's he's played with the best of the best at the highest level, done some great things, has the accolades to prove it. And he's coming from this organization already, bringing that basis of love and care to want something great for the name of Denver Outlaws.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm putting, and this is no disrespect. We've talked about this a little bit too. I hope PLL teams have noticed that Coach Kerwick just, his offensive approach does not translate to the PLL. His two opportunities he's had, both of those teams finished that season with one win and the worst offenses in the league learn from this coach kerwick knows the college game but you can see the college game coaching wise sometimes doesn't always translate with your scheme to the pro game and where the pro game is right now i like this hire for the outlaws i think they're way too talented offensively um to be as piss poor offensively as they were last year they looked like shells of themselves and i think this is only going to help them um And I think going into this year as well, knowing you're not going to have Brendan Nick turn the entire year fully gives you that clarity offensively to not try to like look over your shoulder and be like, okay, we got to fit this into the puzzle. Now you have your puzzle for the most part. Now you just got to put it together. Um, And they've been doing that. They've been re-signing guys left and right uh, this off season. JT Giles-Harris last week signed through 2026. Um, Sean Scannoni is back through 2025. Mike Manley signed through 2024. Jesse Bernhardt signed through 2024. Will Haas signed through 2024. And Ryan Terrafenko signed through 2026. Their only remaining free agents are Colin Heacock, Connor Farrell, uh, Greg Weil, Jesse King, Mike Messenger, Brendan Turn, and Cole Williams. Which Cole Williams is now an archer, so the archers would have to re-sign him.
1: I mean, it, it fresh slate time, really, um, and not in terms of like the the organization or the players or anything. It's just more of uh, that piece where you, you can now set your foundation. Like, like, and that's what I think them transitioning from Chrome to Denver Outlaws allows them to do is like reset. And it's like they don't have to build anything per se. Um, it's there. You know what Denver is. You know what the Outlaws are. Everything's there, and, and you reconnect with that fan base, bring in the new fan base, and, and create what is the new Denver Outlaws, like we've seen Halifax do with the old Rochester, right? like we've seen, you know, uh, Albany do with old uh, New England. Like we, this isn't anything new in the lacrosse world. We see teams do this because teams constantly have to move because of ownership. This is the same thing. Take the Chrome fans, take the old Denver Outlaws fans, take the old pieces of both teams that you want to keep, find some new things you want to start, boom, you have your new Denver Outlaws.
0: The other team uh, that's been busy signing guys and kind of on the water dogs path this offseason so far has been the Cannons. Uh, They just re-signed yesterday as we record this on Thursday. Um, Chris Aslanian re-signed uh, with the Cannons, as did his brother Pat. Um, Cannons only have a couple free agents remaining, uh, being Mark McNeil, who was a midseason pickup for them, Finn Sullivan, Max Wayne, and josh stout who they have signed for the championship series so he's obviously going to get an opportunity to showcase his talents and everything and potentially get a contract very similar to some of the guys we saw last year in the champ series who were signed uh to those rosters but cannon's kind of doing the run it back system they re-signed ryan drenner uh last week charlon beaties is signed through 2024 gets his re-signed through 2024 um they're kind of saying, hey, we have the pieces in place. We thought we had an opportunity to win a title last year. Let's keep this core together as much as possible outside of retirements and try to run it back and win a championship.
1: Who was that That that, that last Cannons.
0: name? Uh, oh. Josh Stout.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've actually seen a lot of their moves. I don't know what it is about my Twitter feed right now, but, like, all of the Boston stuff like came up right in a row and I've seen everything they've done, but like, I didn't see anything about boltus getting hired until you said something to me. Like I'm, I I just saw you gotta turn on those notifications. I, it, I mean, I got them on for my woods, uh, <laughs> but, and I have them on for the PLL. So I, I don't think they're necessarily retweeting everything. Um, Like I just saw some stuff about champ series rosters. Like it, it's just like that kind of thing. I just haven't really seen a lot, but, I have seen the Boston Cannons moves. I, I like everything they've done, and I maybe I'm just a Brian Holman stand. I think that just might be what it is. He's since the first time I talked to him in Albany, he's been fantastic, and and uh, what I think a lot of people need to see from somebody in the game is is Brian Holman, just the way he acts, how he treats the game, how he loves the game, the way he wants to spread it, and, and just. The, the genuine care he has for everybody is amazing. Um But he's put together an, an amazing piece on the field too. And, and is just artwork. And they're very close to, uh you know, the ultimate prize that they're looking for. And I wouldn't expect, I wouldn't be surprised to see them back top two, if not one, you know, but they're, they're going to be toward the upper echelon in the league and will probably be back in the playoffs next year. Um But then again, it's tough to say right now because the league is just like that. You could see something now, and then in a couple of months, it's completely different.
0: Um, I just got a Andy Copeland quote tweet from this morning as uh, Andrew Manning, who works for the PLL. Um, he's the senior manager of player personnel for the league. Last night, uh, Joe Keegan and RJ were – at the Lakers game against the Mavericks and RJ tweeted photos saying at Joe Keeks was the lucky charm we needed. Newest converted Celtics to LA fan, ladies and gentlemen <laughs> to which Andrew Manning responded at Andy Copeland, PLL first. He becomes a Lakers fan. Next it's Frappuccinos. Andy Copeland then quote tweeted Andrew Manning saying probably enjoying an acai bowl and some avocado toast as we speak lost soul. Dot, dot, dot. I did see the the one about uh,
1: Joe being converted. I, I saw that one. That one was h- hilarious to me.
0: <laughs> Cope just absolutely eviscerating Joe Keegs at eight fifty nine in the morning. I don't think that that's nothing new. They would be on
1: one with Joe. So I, I don't know. I don't know what Joe did to it's, them. Maybe maybe Joe be flaming them when when we don't see or something. But they're always he on lost
0: there. that East Coast grit. You think went so in L A. You think he lost it? He lost a little bit of his grit. I don't know,
1: man. I, I think it's always
0: there. Joe Joe starts coming at Philly cheesesteaks like he's RJ. Yeah, that was a little wild. I will say that. A little out of pocket. That, he just had was- Rita's water ice for the first time. Like, what are we doing? I hate y'all call it water ice. That's the name of the company. It's Rita's I know. water ice. I know, bro. But Joe but, Keegs, living on the East Coast, had never had Rita's. Like, what are we doing, Joe? I just hate that it's called water ice. As opposed to,
1: yeah, bro, I I don't know something like that. water <laughs> ice. <laughs> what it
0: is, I know, bro. But
1: call it Rita slush or something. I don't know, man. No,
0: it's not slushy though. That's a completely I didn't say different slushy. thing. I said slush. Nah, or it's water. it's water ice, bro. Italian ice, but Italian ice and water ice are two different things, bro. Sure. <laughs> Um, I hate that it's called water. Cope absolutely coming over the top at 5.59 a.m. Pacific time for Keeks, to which he responded, black coffee for breakfast, still gritty.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is pretty gritty.
0: Um, Michael Rex wrote, also the most recent uh, signee. He re-signed with Atlas through 2025. Um, So he's staying put with the New York Atlas, and it's very interesting to me that Chaos, outside of Troy Ray, haven't done anything free agency-wise. The Redwoods have not done a single thing free agency-wise. The Dogs haven't done anything free agency-wise. And then the only other signings, uh, the Archers haven't done anything, Rex Road and... Peyton Smith were the first signings for Atlas. And then Whip Snakes signed Rambo through 2025. Grayson Salade through 2024. And Elijah Gash through 2025. Other than that, not much else outside of the Cannons and Outlaws, which is kind of interesting to me that three out of the four teams in the Champ series – are like just chilling, (laughs) waiting. Um, But I would assume most of those guys are going to get locked up by their current teams. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's just way too early to say kind of what's going to happen in in terms of free agency. I wanted to open up and get moving so we can see what's going to happen. Um, because I'm really excited for like free agency to really like pop off. We're seeing some guys get like retained and sign some long deals, but like I want to. There's a lot of names that haven't been signed yet that are pretty high profile. So it's like, are they in talks and just like trying to find that sweet number or like we're we about to get some blockbuster stuff with a lot of names hidden, hitting, hitting the fan? Um, it's just so tough to tell right now what's really happening because we don't have. Oh man, maybe we can be like the woes and, and chefs of, of lacrosse and just start getting that inside ear on trade talks and stuff. Because like we don't really I'm have I'm just that. saying I right. did break I some news last year. I'm just Yeah, saying. like we I'm just saying we don't really have that right now where they're like nobody's really like able to know like if anybody's in contract talks, what kind of Well, to be fair,
0: around. the the open discussion period doesn't begin until the day after champ series. So most of the guys that you're seeing resign right now are guys that are on that current team and you're able to negotiate with them now because they're on your squad and they don't have their contracts expire until March. Um, but February 20th at 12 p.m. Eastern Time is the open discussion period where coaches can contact players whose previous contracts are due to expire um or i'm sorry this is 2023's schedule so it's completely it's gonna be completely different but that's when it happened last year so i'd assume it'd be a similar timeline um and then free agency last year started march 6th um at 12 p.m eastern time and then closed on the college draft day date so probably sometime in may so you'll have like two months of PLL free agency and then a second offseason free agency begins post-college draft. Um, but we're seeing it happen a little bit earlier now and I think that's due in part to home cities and getting guys acclimated to where they're going to potentially be playing and living and all that kind of stuff. So we'll see how it uh, all shakes out as uh, the juice just shock dj's ear holes <laughs> yeah literally <laughs> um that's all we got for you guys on this one make sure you're following us at otb LaxPod twitter instagram tiktok threads facebook.com slash underground sports ph follow dj on twitter at scs underscore next great follow me at KBIZZL l311 subscribe to the podcast feed let's keep the subscribers on audio rolling Apple, Spotify, leave a five-star review. We will read the good reviews, obviously. So leave the good reviews. Uh, And, of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. We read the good comments as well. Leave a good comment, and we'll read it on next week's episode. And, of course, like we said, Champ Series. If you're rocking OTB merch at Champ Series, and prove that you're subscribed to the YouTube channel and on audio. We're gonna hook you up with something. We're gonna figure that out. Leave your suggestions in the YouTube comment section. Um, but we will figure something out. Faux show. Sure. Maybe you get to be in on a do review that we haven't done in a while. Who knows? We'll figure something out. But if you prove that you're subscribed to the pod and you're wearing OTB merch at championship series, we're gonna we're gonna hook it up because otb nation is the goddamn best um also like respectfully tweet at slash instagram post at duff's buffalo sauce so that they can work with us because that'd be kind of fire um but subscribe to the youtube channel need to get to 800 subscribers before the end of the month And get your merch, PHIapparel.co, code underground for 10% off your order. This has been episode number 306 of the award nominated, honorably mentioned number nine NCAA ranked. And of course, viewable on YouTube. Outside the Box Podcast, the official lacrosse podcast on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. For Deej, I'm KB. Enjoy this weekend of lacrosse, and we'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace.
1: that's outside the box.